zip dap doo bop dabba de Let's all go to the movies. Let's all go to the movies. Well, we can't because of the pandemic, so let's talk about the ones we watched in 2020. Woo! Hey! Shut up! There's no way to do audio for jazz hands. I really, like, struggled for, like, a good three seconds in my brain. Like, how do I make the noise for jazz? And I, I just had cha. I liked it. it I... I understood it, but it's because I can also see. You saw me doing the jazz it. hands, that's but why. <laughs> will it play out audio only? Let's wait well, and find out. Well, ideally, we start these, and then if it's garbage, we can just cut whenever, so maybe it doesn't even make it. Who knows? But 2020, it's a year that happened. You know, all right, so before we even begin, as soon as you set up to go to the bathroom, and do stuff, I immediately uh, remembered a TV show of 2020 that I loved and I forgot about. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What was it? Dave with Little Dicky. Oh, yeah, okay. You and Casey Uh, were both into that show. Legit brilliant. Legit. Like, it really does very, very smart things. Episode 5 is all around his friend Gaeta and his um, bipolar disorder and how he has the manic ups and downs. Huh. I, I, I maybe actually, I don't know if that's the correct disorder. Maybe there was something else, but it was something that I had to take medication and they took like a real hard swerve from like, you know, little dicky antics. Yeah. It became less about a show about like little dicky and they take like real hard looks at like some serious shit in that show in a real earnest, smart, intelligent way. Uh, and it's all with dick jokes. It's, it, it shouldn't work. But it does. It's it's really, really next level shit. Highly recommended. So Dave, uh, that would be would we call that an appendix to the TV episode? <laughs> Maybe. But, yeah. Easter egg. Easter egg. <laughs> okay. It's uh it's the reverse Marvel movie. Instead of at the end, you get a preview of the next movie. Just at the beginning of every episode, we give you a little <laughs> a little add on for the last episode. All right. All right. <laughs> Fuck, how long can we keep that up? We'll find out. Uh, One episode. We're going to forget real quick. (laughs) Do not hold us to this. I remember about Dave was uh, in scrolling through TV shows that came out in 2020 that I was trying to remind myself I had seen. Uh, Dave popped out that I was like, oh, yeah, Ryan and Casey liked that. So, all right, glad I got it. Glad it got Mm -hmm. its droppage. Me too. It's I would have regretted not talking about that one because it was a very pleasant surprise. You did drop that Easter egg in the middle of the movie episode. I think I called <laughs> the last episode the movie episode at the start of it, and then it just turned into the TV episode too. So surprise on Here's, that one, everybody. Yeah. Forgot to mention that. <laughs> There's another Easter egg. Didn't bring that up at all. Uh, but this is the actual movie episode. So thanks for sticking around, folks. <laughs> I mean, if you're with us this long, you know nothing matters. It's all irrelevant. It's just that conversation happens. Structure's stupid. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Time is irrelevant. It's a human concept. And therefore... I am against systems. <laughs> <laughs> all of them. <laughs> systems of a down. Oh, man. I could do a whole episode on system of a down. I'm sure you could. I could. I feel like, you know, you have, all right, you have those bands 
who every song from every album, almost every lyric is still fucking in your head. That's System of a Down for me. You put on any System of a Down song, and I'm going to pick up those lyrics immediately and be able to get right back into it. I will until you get to mesmerize and hypnotize where I just I can checked s- out. I can still do it. Really? I can All right. still do it for those. Good luck to you, buddy. Mm-hmm. Please don't recommend them in I'm gonna. A secret I'm actually society. not going to. I would, I'd steal this album. That's my System of a Down album. I that, love Steal This Album. That is it's my brilliant. favorite one, too, man. Ego brain that made shame. I fucking love that album. It's so good. It's also got That's the like one. the best of all of them. And then they kind of had fucking disagreements and made their own stupid bands. Yeah. And they're, they were both fine separately, but never great again. Also, oh, feel man. free to cut me out singing, please. I regretted that almost immediately. <laughs> no. Your surge impression stands. Uh, uh, it's hard to do. <laughs> I was in a... So, was System Up and Down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sewed, as they are referred to on the streets. That's right. Sewed. Uh, Sewed stools. Speaking of... <laughs> Uh, this sewed right here that you're listening to uh, is all about the movies of 2020. How'd you like that segue? This is my favorite segue you've ever done. <laughs> I actually, no, no, I have nothing negative to say. I think that was very witty. Huzzah. Very, very well done. Dropped it right off the top of the dome. This uh, where's my fucking scorecard with the tin on it? I'm going to hold it up. From now Ten. on, too, uh, it's you when you make up the title card, you can't say episode now. It's just, it's so, apostrophe sewed. These are sods now. So, <laughs> is it S O D E or S O A D? And we stick with the. No, I think it's S O D E S. All right. It's a sods. These are sods now. So, done. Done. <laughs> and the TV one's going to be sewed too. Okay. And they're not going to know why. It's yeah. just going to say sewed. They're like, that's some dumb shit. Easter egg. Pre Easter egg that you guys don't even know is being we set up with now. It. We again set up. So, we're so good at these mm. reverse Easter eggs. God damn, we're brilliant. Kevin Feige, hit us up, bro. Let's drop some mm-hmm. eggs up in Marvel. <laughs> yeah, uh, Kevin Feige, more like Ryan Kai. <laughs> no, uh, it's not a good one. <laughs> no. At no point. Uh, we were doing so well, and then I just fucking <laughs> deflated it. Ah, <laughs> uh, Icarus flew too close Shot to the sun. Him. <laughs> uh, then wings melted, baby boy, and we crashed. <laughs> That's how it went down. Uh, mm. All right, so that was Experience Grind this week. Uh, <laughs> next week, we'll be talking about our favorite movies of 2020. <laughs> Uh, so speaking of, man, I don't know, do you have a comedy that you, uh, were a fan of in 2020? I'll have you start off, because you have a lot more, I know. Um, I have two that could be considered comedies, yes. Um, I'll start with maybe the most outwardly comedic and light of the two, and this might probably also be at the bottom of my list, so it kind of works out perfectly. Um, Bill and Ted Face the Music Hmm. was... A delightful return to the Bill and Ted franchise that I didn't think I missed until I watched this movie. Um, it's just so earnest and sweet and just hopeful. And they're just lovable and just dumb and just, again, sweet. It's the, it's that same feeling that I got with Paul Rudd and our idiot brother, where it's just like the most likable protagonist that like, 
I could just watch fucking hours of these people. And it's just, again, so good natured. And it hit right in the middle of fucking COVID in the height of all this horrible shit in 2020. And it was just maybe the perfect movie for the time. It's, it really, it's cheesy. Yes. Is it hokey? Yes. Is it kind of a little bit generic at times? Yes. But like, God damn, I think, uh, Alex Winter specifically kills it. I think he comes back and he does a much better job even than Keanu. But like, I think they do something really interesting here. I think, uh, Noho Hank, uh, from Barry comes as a pretty big character a la death in two. He is like the, he's the death level character in this one who is a, uh, sentient robot sent to kill. And then once he starts killing, becomes conflicted about killing. Uh, <laughs> and it's very weird and awkward as only no ho Hank could. And it's great. He's great. And the two girls who are Bill and Ted's daughters played by Samara Weaving. And I'm, I'm sad to say I don't remember the name of the other actress, but she's, they're both fantastic. They do such a good job. And like the one who is the daughter of Keanu Reeves, just does such a fucking dead on Keanu Reeves impression. It's, 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 um, Men in Black 3 when, um, Josh Brolin does Tommy Lee perfect. Yeah. This, this girl has Keanu Reeves down fucking dead on from the, these movies. She's got perfect. And again, just light, breezy, fun adventure. I, I couldn't recommend it enough. Well, hell yeah, man. Um, Again, what about you? Anything <clears throat> well, funny for 2020? No, <laughs> no, uh, not not a one. Uh, surprisingly, <laughs> like I saw three movies in 2020. Well, not totally, but three new movies, and uh, mm-hmm. none of them was a comedy. Um, gentlemen, it has maybe. some moments. It has some funny bits, but yeah, uh, I guess. The most normalized one would be The Gentleman, mm-hmm. which was a Guy Ritchie movie. Um, it was a return to form to Guy Ritchie. This was like, if you like Snatch mm-hmm. Man, you will like The Gentleman. It's a quick-paced crime romp with lots of twists and turns and fucking just great hammed-up performances by nearly everybody, and it's all fantastic. I'm not generally super into Colin Firth, and he's... One of the best parts of the movie, I feel. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell, yeah. Uh, I think Colin Firth is... Which one's Colin Firth? I don't know anymore. I don't know either. He's the (laughs) brown-headed, handsomely gentleman. He's not in Kingsman, is he? That's not Colin Firth, is it? Or is that Colin Firth? I think that... I don't know, dude. I I forget. Oh, man, this is bad. Who the hell Uh, is Colin Firth? Is Colin Firth and Bridget Jones. That seems right, right? No, that's Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant is in there, but so is Mr. Oh, Darcy. Oh, dude from Kingsman. And he is a handsomely gentleman with Colin brown Firth. hair. Okay. So it's Colin Farrell, but <laughs> Hugh, Hugh Grant is also he in is. The Gentleman. And, and he's, he's fucking fantastic. great, too. Yes. <laughs> he's also awesome. Uh-huh. I, I loved his character. He was maybe my... One of my favorite performances of the year. He was just so much fun, and I loved his the whole meta ness of his side of the story. It it was all very well done, and, and Charlie like, Hunnam did yeah. so well too. I, and then a lot like, of fun. Our framing device through the whole story is also 
amazing. And those two play off each other really well. And mm-hmm. it, again, if you like Snatch Man, you'll like The Gentleman. Uh, I was only seeing three movies this year. This is probably my number two movie overall. Oh, uh, very interesting. Maybe. I, uh, I don't know. It's really good, man. It might be number one. Just because I didn't see much either, but I really like the gentleman. So, okay, okay. All right, I've got seven more, so I've okay. got quite, quite a few to outpace you. So I might go. I'll maybe let you, a, I'll let you tear ass through a couple. Yeah, yeah. All right, um, I'll go up. These aren't in any kind of order now. I'm just gonna kind of group them. I have maybe one movie that is the top of my year, and I'll save that for last. But everything else. There's no order. Um, so next I'll keep with the comedy. Um, Hulu put out uh, Palm Springs this year, starring Andy Samberg, J.K. Simmons, and Kristen Milani. Um, Miliani, I might be pronouncing her name wrong. Um, she was uh, the mother from How I Met Your Mother, and she's been in a bunch of shit. You'd recognize her. Um, but this is a rom-com with a twist that I don't really want to talk about because if you know, if you don't know kind of the, the conceit, great. Don't, don't, don't just go in and watch this movie What's the name of it because again? Palm Springs, Palm Springs, Palm Springs. it's a lonely it island classic. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, it is, it's on Hulu. It is a 90 minute rom-com that takes a genre twist and does some very, very interesting things with it. It has a lot of smart little discussions on, like, humanity, morality, existence, like, some really heady shit. And then it, like, kind of... It is a play on something that's been done before, but then I think it commentates in a very smart way about it and even, like, kind of, I think, fixes a flaw that is now, I, I won't see, I will not, or sorry, I won't be able to not see in these old movies from now on. That, like, why did you not see it this way? This is fucking brilliant. Like, this is clearly what you do if you're in this kind of situation. And that is all I want to say. If you don't know anything, go see this movie. If you have seen it and you think it's just something copying other movies, but with an Andy Sandberg twist, I promise you it's so much more than that. And it's so fucking smart. This is highly recommended like highly recommended okay. 90 minutes it's a it's an easy investment too all right what else you got buddy all right uh after that we'll stick with kind of lighter fare but switching to action side uh netflix released early this year extraction which is a chris hemsworth action vehicle which is a man on fire perfect action movie there is no fluff, nothing to be cut. It is just perfect. That's uh, what it I've is... heard, and I know that this movie has uh, at least one really good one, right? Yeah, yeah. But, it, uh... It's some insane shit. Uh, apparently, the director is the first unit uh, stunt coordinator from the Avengers movies. Oh. Uh, that they were just like, hey, here's some money. We want you to make a movie. Do you have any ideas? And he was like, yeah, I can do this. And it is, it's pretty straightforward. It's not anything like heady really with the concept. Again, it's just that perfect action movie. It is man on a mission, has to do this with incredibly shot action set pieces that are just some of the best we've seen on streaming yet. 
And you compared it to Man on Fire, which yep. I've heard again. Um, I just... Extraction caught my attention really hardcore. I just never sat down and actually watched it. But uh, I heard all the good things. It's got the Warners, And I heard it compared mm-hmm. to Man on Fire, which is a movie I love. A Denzel Washington flick that kicks all kinds of ass. So it's Very, very similar to okay. Man on Fire. Well, Extraction mm-hmm. will definitely get checked out by me. Uh, I'm writing it's it good. down. Do another one, buddy. And then I'll All jump right. in with one. Sounds good. I'm going to cross these off as I go. All right. Uh, one that came out this year that I forgot came out <laughs> this year <laughs> until I went through a list. Uh, Hamilton. Uh, oh, yeah. You could count Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, you know, I never thought I would give any shit about a musical, A, be a musical about history, specifically American history, that I've already been given in grade school and I didn't really grab onto then. It's just a movie that did not scream to me. But I think it's maybe the most brilliant way to do a musical, and I don't know why, but I, I, I want to attribute it to the, the rapping and the verse of it all. Um, instead of having like that weird Sweeney Todd like sing song talk like shit in between like the songs so you have songs and then you have the talking like this one where we do the ones that do that dude i fucking hate it instead of that it's all rapping so it's all rhythmic and it flows and it feels good so it's like being in like this really good like two hour rap concept album that just coincidentally like revolves around history and it's it's really well done like the music's fantastic the the theming of it all is really cohesive for like being a nearly like I think it's like two and a half or three hours like it's a pretty I think long production but uh it is it's well done the way they shoot it uh because this is Disney plus they released it there it's like a stage video recording of a performance but then edited really well and they have a bunch of different camera angles so it like even though it is a staged performance like after like 10 minutes like you forget it and you're like sucked in because they do a lot of interesting things with the camera angles and then like just practical effects on the stage. It's all, I, I would highly recommend it. It's maybe the most pure form of theater you could get instead of like having the abortion that was like the cats movie, you know, where it's like the bastardized, like this is what Hollywood thinks you want from a musical. Like this is what people really want. And this is good. And this is, I think a way forward for a lot of musicals. I, I loved Hamilton, and I love what this represents, maybe, again, for musicals going forward. Did uh, did Cats come out this year? Uh, it may have been early this year or late uh, 2019. I have no fucking idea. I feel uh, like it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, I got to <laughs> I don't know. Did you end up ever watching it? Yeah. Oh, shit, man. Oh, shit. I hope it's this okay. year so you can talk about it. No, Is it's it 2019. It's 2019. <laughs> would it would it have made a mention if it was in 2020? I mean, it, it was exactly as you... It was really bad even for me to get through. I didn't even really enjoy it. I skipped around after a bit. I watched like yeah. the first probably 15-ish minutes. Uh, it kind of wore its thing. I really wanted to see the T-Swift scene, so I kind of skipped around for a little bit, watched some here and there, <laughs> got to the T-Swift scene... And then kind of checked out. Uh, we watched a little bit more. It's really just just not any good at all, man, which you would yeah. expect. Um, yeah. 
But it, I, I watched I watched that director do Les Mis without any whimsy, and it was horrible. I didn't think he'd have any ability to tell this story about fucking cats, no less. It's a stupid, kitschy concept. I don't know who would do it well, but like this dry ass fucking Britain obviously was not the way to go. <laughs> There's a lot of fucking people in some stupid ass looking costumes in this movie, though, man. Mm. A lot of fucking famous people, bro. <laughs> Idris Elba is fucking <laughs> sexing it up all over the place for a little bit. Oh, that's... Is he Mr. Mes- Mephistopheles? I guess that's right? the cat's name. I don't know. He's one dancing around. Oh, man. Oh, so you don't know all about... Oh, what's the name? They have to find the Koo clinical cat. What's uh, the... Uh... Uh, no, it's a... Uh, Jake's to pull or... Uh, Jericho. Jericho. Jellicle. Jellicle. The Jellicle cat. That's the right. The stupid cat. shit. Yeah. Who's, this is, uh, this is why I, so, I think I have such a strong bias against musicals because this shit is what I go to my mind. I go to this and rent and like all these cheesy over fucking blown ones. You don't like rent? And I don't go to the good things. I remember watching it early, early on in my, uh, Film academia, uh, and I thought it was really heavy handed and on the fucking nose enough. So, like, I, I was like, stop preaching at me. Have <laughs> Please. you seen, uh, the Book of Mormon? Um, no. It's one I've never been able to see. I haven't either. But I, I really would love want to. to. Yeah. Hopefully someday. Hopefully. This is, again, give me the Hamilton treatment. I know. Put it on I'm a totally... streaming service. HBO yeah. Max, fucking tape it. Hey, put it on your service. That, that'll get subscriptions. Let's tweet HBO Max and tell them, hey, let's do this. Get, get your subscribers that way because we're businessmen. Yeah. Me and this guy. <laughs> me and this guy. We got your ideas, Kevin Feige. Kyle, uh, Ryan Kyge. <laughs> Ryan Kyge. We got your ideas, <laughs> HBO Max. Come at me. Get at me. HBO Max, get at me. What? Get at him! What? Uh. Know what I'm saying, man? Alright, so... I didn't see Cats. Well, I did, but it's 2019, so I'm not fucking talking anymore about it. I'm gonna talk about a little movie with a dude called uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Called Vivarium. This might also be a 2019 film, but I don't care. I'm fucking kidding. Oh, I know about this movie. I didn't get to see it, though. Uh, So... The very, it is a 2019 film, but you know what? Fuck it. I'm talking about this one. Because, again, if I don't, uh, I literally saw two movies this year, people. Two. Two 2020 movies. I did not see very much this year. It was a weird year, uh, surprisingly, in case you guys didn't know. Anyways, The Very. Yes. Jesse Eisenberg is in this surreal-ass little flick where him and his wife buy a uh, a house in the suburbia that turns into a suburbia hell. <clears throat> his wife, Imogen Poots. Please yes. say her name. Imogen Poots. <laughs> Imogen Poots. <clears throat> she, she farts very delicately. <laughs> oh, man. At um, that point, why would you not get a stage... Stage name. That probably but is whatever. a stage name. I'm sorry. I don't know. Please continue. I just want to put that <laughs> fact out there. <laughs> so uh, they move into this place and then like they uh, they can't really get out. It's never ending. Every road leads back to this one house in this neighborhood of completely identical houses. Um, but theirs is the only they are the only people that live there. Uh, so it's very just uneasy in that respect. And then. All of a sudden, this fucking, like, baby shows up, but it doesn't act like a baby. 
it makes some fucking weird ass sounds and uh so it's fucking weird too because it like it's obviously not a human baby uh but like uh, a robe a robot (laughs) not really a robot i think it's more of an alien i think i don't know if you want me to spoil shit I, I mean, maybe not for people who would want to watch it. Afterwards, maybe. Yes, I don't mind being spoiled. It's, it's fucking, it's wild. Uh, but eventually, uh, let me, here, I'll just explain this. A vivarium is like a way for you to observe animals in a more natural-like environment, say, for scientific studies. Oh, uh, okay. So. Okay. That okay, is how I, get it. I will pitch Vivarium. But it's got Jesse Eisenberg. It's it's pretty good. It's also kind of got that mid-lowish budget thing because of, like, it's the repeated place. Like, it's also kind of all set mm-hmm. in this one house. It's a very compact and kind of cheap movie, but it still plays with the horror very well and uh, does some pretty enjoyable stuff. It's a very nice Twilight Zone-esque thing, so... It's like, I'm looking at my list, and I think most of mine are pretty cheap outside of Extraction and a few of the other ones. <laughs> Damn, Extraction <laughs> but, is your most expensive one? Uh, gentlemen, I, don't I, think, I don't know if that's Gentlemen, true. I feel, had to have a decent budget, I'm sure. I think there will be two more that might have a higher budget than Extraction on my list that well, are too calm. <clears throat> but the rest of them, I think, are pretty cheap. Uh, after Vivarium, I only have like one left, so uh, I'll let you tear ass a couple more. Yeah, I've got four. Okay, so <laughs> so finger bang I'll, out three of them. Here we go. All right, and I'll save the best for last. Here we go. Um, we'll start with I think the bottom of what's left. Um, His House was a Netflix horror film. Um, it was a shot in London. It's a British horror film. Hmm. Um, again, I would compare it to A twenty four in the themes. It's okay. uh, it's it's horror as concept for trauma, but done from the perspective of Ghana refugees trying to integrate into the British culture uh, within the last several years um, and their struggle. And then how it's I don't know, it's hard to talk much more, but they bring in like apparently like real Ghana like ghost folklore and like that's the creature in this. It's real interesting. It's something very different from what I've seen before. It's got a, a a very kind of few clever twists to it, but it ends up, I think, real smart in its theming. I think it does brilliantly by its characters. It's it's real, I don't know. I think a lot of indie films do really interesting things, but they don't get necessarily right by their characters and theming. So like if it's morality play, They'll kill a character anyway just because it's an interesting visual or like I bet you didn't see that coming. Mm. But it doesn't make sense for that character in their arc. Everything here makes so much sense. And I, I really appreciate the turns this takes. Um, clever visuals. Really, really good horror. And again, like 85 minutes. So like it's in and out. It knows what it's going to do. And it's going to do it fucking quick. And it's done. I Great. Um, crossed off. Recommend that. Um, next, uh, also on Disney Plus, Soul. Soul is Pixar's latest. Let's talk about Uh, Soul a little bit. Tell me more about Soul. This is on the same level of Inside Out, 
where it seems very innocuous, but like kind of making some clever analogies to instead of like internal emotions and how you rationalize relationships and like uh, big things and traumas, soul is existential uh, ennui, uh, but for a kid's movie. And it's real interesting. I've heard so many people say they quit this movie like in the first scene because it's boring, but it, it is... It is like, it is, it's a, it's Jamie Foxx playing a character who is a jazz musician who loves jazz in the way like the uh, Remy the Rat from Ratatouille love food. And they do something very interesting with like his, his appreciation of jazz and how he sees it in this movie. And he goes into the creative zone and the way they portray that is, is so smart. And again, I, I would compare it to the Ratatouille thing, but I'd also compare it to, um, the Star is Born movie with Lady Gaga. Um, and that first time stepping out, singing into a crowd and like just kind of how that creative whimsy takes you over and you get lost in it. Like it's just real insightful shit into art, but then kind of, I don't know. I don't really want to spoil it, but it is a movie that deals with the soul you can kind of sense there might be potential mortality at risk here in dealing with his life. He is a person who never made it in the music career, who ends up being a teacher for middle school students, and then something happens and he's kind of forced to confront where his life's been at. And he's not happy. He's very unsatisfied with what he's left in his life. And it, it really speaks to maybe like that mid thirties, something angst enough. So like, I don't really think it's a kid's movie. Hmm. Um, it's just real heady shit for, for a kid's movie. It's, it's kind of like Wally. It's kind of like inside out where even though it's bright and colorful, like it's real, not minionified. Like it's not, it's not a kid's movie either. It's, so it's real weird to say, <laughs> but like there's a difference between this movie and like a car's, type of Pixar movie or Monsters Inc. that does have like that broad appeal or even Toy Story. This one is, it feels more adult. Uh, it feels much more adult and I appreciated every bit of it, but it's going to turn off people. Going to make, uh, make uh, McDonald's, McDonald's toys out of the soul movie is what you're saying. Oh yeah. 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 Like that will definitely not be able to happen. <laughs> There's more <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> um, Shit, what, you got what? Three more? Uh, after Soul, I have two more. <clears throat> uh, shit. Uh, yeah. I'll do my last one. Wait, did I have one I was looking forward to? No. I don't think so. <laughs> Not in 2020. Oh, no, wait, there is one that I do want to see. Uh, I'd like to see Sonic the Hedgehog. Really? <laughs> I mean, why the fuck not? <clears throat> it's probably 90 minutes of something. I like uh, I like the dude, and I like uh, Sonic. And it's I got like Jim Carrey dude. doing Wait, some James stuff. James Marsden? Yeah, James Marsden. I mean, at most, I've always found James Marsden as the fine default character. He's and very bland. He is very bland. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I fully give you that. Uh, okay. <laughs> I could I could do with a full cup of bland. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he's a good bland. He plays it well and he's he's charming enough too. He just he's got the face blindness face. He's kind of for he's 
mm-hmm. is so conventionally attractive that it's forgettable. Like everything's symmetrical, nothing stands out that makes it unique, you know? So he's just like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, if you draw a handsome man, it'd look a lot like yep. that probably. Maybe a little Timothy the, Oliphant uh, too. What's that? I said maybe a little Timothy Oliphant too. Ooh, interesting. Interesting thought. But he's not bland. He's just incredibly handsome is what I was saying. True. True. <laughs> yeah. I would put him more with like a Jason Bateman uh, in that, but he never oh. developed the the dry the dry wit. Yeah. The sarcastic wit to come back. He's not dry. Sarcastic is what it is. But... <laughs> Ah, uh, that's the only one you missed in 2020 that I, of all the movies yeah. <laughs> you could have seen, the, the one that you feel like you really missed out that on was Sonic. Sonic in fact, Hedgehog. I missed it so hard, I might remedy it tonight. <laughs> I got to see Sonic. Did you see Sonic? No, no? I don't think I'm going to. No. I'll let I you mean, know if unless it's we have to do it for an episode, but no, no, I have no, no, no. I, I won't will force it. I'll just let you know if it's even worth a shit or not. Yeah, it could be Garbo. I don't know. <clears throat> I, I mean, it's one of those where I'd rather take the gamble of going to something and like it's gonna it's gonna be five out of five or zero out of five. I like that gamble. Sonic feels like it, it's going to be either a two out of five or a three out of five. Like Man. either way, it's going to be probably good at best. A I don't old, see it being anything better than good. A big old cup of bland. Yeah, it's <laughs> fine. It's a solid smart bet, but I want those risky bets. I want that like really shock me. Give me something weird. Really shock me, give me something weird. Speaking of weird, the the number one movie I guess I am hyped for, 2021, let's go, October. Ah, it's Dune. So, Uh give me that Dune, baby. Give me that Danny Vanavu. Yeah. Yeah. I am too. I am too. I will be more than excited to watch on HBO on my (laughs) TV without the dum-dums in the theater. And I can, I'm like, 100%, it's going to be three hours. And I'm gonna have to pee at a certain Without, point, and I'm gonna be happy to pause it. So you don't want the uh, the lady to sneak her dog in. Good lord, that happened during a arrival, right? That was during a uh, fucking Ant Man. We went to that see was Ant Man. Oh yeah. shit! Oh yeah, arrival. We had horrible fucking texters in front of us. Was that? Who had their phones out the entire time, and Laura was getting fucking pissed. Uh-huh. I remember Arrival, See, yeah. See, I think, I don't think that one caught my attention because you know me, I don't let that shit go on. And mm-hmm. I, somehow I was so into Arrival that like, yep. I completely ignored it. I would have been had Laura not been right next to me going, well, what are you going to do? Um, I guess I'll, uh, my, my movie, I, I don't know if I... We are again, all think, over the place here. I know we <laughs> so are. So you're going to give your movie, and then I'm going to go to what I missed in 2020. Oh, and yeah. Futures. I'm sorry. And then you've... Yeah, never mind. Thanks for stopping right. me. We, yeah. are, we are all over we the are, place. We are hopping around. Okay. Uh, so I think movies that I missed in 2020 uh, that could be really good. Promising Young Woman uh, look really, really good. And Nomadland with uh, Frances McDormand from a director who I am not super familiar with, Chloe... 
Sevgeny. Zhao, Chloe Zhao. I can't pronounce it because I'm not Chinese. Um, oh. But who will be going on to segue direct the Eternals movie in 2021, which is a Marvel movie. And in 2021, I get Marvel movies again. You get like, what'd you say? 17 this time? There's 17 movies and Disney plus TV shows right. being released between 2021 and 2022. It's going to be a good uh, year for you, man. Next year, there's the Black Widow movie, Shang-Chi, then Legend of the Ten Rings, which I am so fucking hyped for. Shang-Chi is like the Bruce Lee of the Marvel Universe, and at one point he gets the ability to make like clone copies of himself. So think of like Bruce Lee, but with like the Agent Smith ability, and like that, but in a Mortal Kombat level tournament movie. That's Shang-Chi. I am so fucking hyped. Okay. Uh, I love that. I love just everything I'm hearing about this movie. Um, I'm so excited for that. Eternals, which I mentioned, and then Spider-Man 3 will be movies next year. Um, all of them. All of them. I will see. All of them I'm interested in. Uh, <laughs> there will be a new Kingsman. Uh, that one that was supposed to come out this year will come out next year, which is like the wor- World War One oh, era yeah. Kingsman. The Kingsman. And that looks cool. Or something. Yeah, 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 the the Ray Fiennes one. Yeah, yeah that looks pretty I'm in, cool. I'm into that. That looks good. Uh, Dune, you said, looks fantastic. Uh, Last Night in Soho, Edgar Wright's new movie. Yeah, I've heard uh, of this. It is an existential horror time uh, loop movie, apparently, uh, from Edgar Wright. Mm-hmm. And Edgar Wright does no wrong. That sounds so far. super different. You gotta say, so far. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, so far, I mean, there is a chance, but I, after Baby Driver, <clears throat> I really feel like he can do anything. Because Baby Driver felt like, you take Edgar Wright out of Baby Driver, it is a straight down the line Hollywood movie. He made that interesting. Mm-hmm. I really do think he can do no wrong. I hope I'm not proven incorrect here, but he's got the best track record, I think, in Hollywood. It's got a pretty good one so far, for sure. I like Edgar Wright stuff, everything, so. Yep. And then the last thing in 2021 I'm looking forward to, the Suicide Squad. With James Gunn at the helm, looks weird and fucking crazy. Uh, I'm so down. Does for sure. Uh, That one is also one I'm pretty stoked on, just because, same reason, James Gunn. I really like James Gunn. Uh, Mm -hmm. Can't do no wrong, as we say, just five minutes ago, so. I'll still Agreed. say yet, but yeah, James good track for record. Sure. Good track record on that one. Um, yeah, that's all you yeah. got. Okay, so I've got just my last two movies for 2020. All right, I'll drop mine now. Then this go for one. it. And again, it's not <laughs> the. I wouldn't say it's the. I don't know if it's the top movie. It's just the way that I've listed them because I saw it the most recently. Uh, it's a movie called Possessor. Hmm. Uh, directed by Brian Cronenberg, who is the... Baby Cronenberg! He's the son of uh, David Cronenberg. Uh, so, you know, he's got the stuff from Old Daddy. He's got the body horror in spades. He's got the ultraviolence in spades. Um, it's fucking wild, tripped out movie. Jennifer Jason Lee's in it. I think she's like the most well-known that people would know. Um hmm. But she's, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee runs like basically an assassination 
uh, for hire squad and her top assassin is this chick. And the way that they carry them out is uh, they possess random people that can get close to the target. They It's like this machine brain implant that they do. And then they kill the person and then the person like kills themselves. And it like, you know, it leaves no trail. And it's a wild concept. And it was a fucking super tripped out movie. And like I said, it deals with a lot of crazy ass shit. She's, uh, I don't know. I don't want to get too much into it. Cause I, I have recommended this movie pretty hard to you as well. So mm-hmm. I would, this is one that's been on my list. I, I saw red letter media, uh, talk about it in a, like a 2020 wrap up or something. And, mm-hmm. and Jay mentioned it. And whenever Jay mentions something, I'm like, Oh, that's going to be weird. I got to see that again. As I said, <laughs> I'm Jay and you're Mike in most situations. And, it is probably I didn't see them talk about it, but that would probably hold true, I would imagine. So it is very weird. And uh Yeah. I'm interested to see what you say about it, so that's why down. I don't want to talk too much. And uh I'll let you take it away, homie. Perfect. Alright, uh my second to last one, um, and this is not my second of the year. In fact, I'd play Soul probably as my number two. Mm-hmm. of the year um really fucking moved me um my number th- well, not my number two i'm just saying words now this one that i'm talking about currently uh tenet christopher nolan's wow tenet. Okay. wow um i did go out to the theater and brave it um there's nobody there it was a real fucking sad day for theaters uh but the movie was really well really well done um and, and talk about return to form. This was a return to form for Christopher Nolan for me. Um, I really did not like Dark Knight Rises. Hated Interstellar. And then Dunkirk was really, really good, but did not necessarily feel like a Christopher Nolan movie. But, like, I, I would say, like, easily one of the better things he's done. Like, it's a mm-hmm. really solid movie. It just, I, it didn't feel like it necessarily had his stamp on it. I think Tenet is a lesser movie than Dunkirk, but it feels more in line with the Christopher Nolan I think people expect. Uh, for better or worse, I don't know, but I really, really enjoyed it. It had some of the biggest set pieces I've seen this year. Um, and, and in a way, it's just like, if you know how movies are shot, like when you see some of the things like, oh my God, I can't believe they've practically did that. And he, um, Christopher Nolan uh, does crazy practical, so I'm I want to see Tenet. I think yeah. I, it should be available for streaming at some point very soon, if not already. So I will say, it is messy. It is not perfect. Mm-hmm. It is far from perfect. It's not. I would say it's not even my top five Christopher Nolan movies, and he's only done like seven or eight. Um, it's. It's rough. I think the the female character in this movie is given a really weak ass fucking plot and then the villain is super fucking one note and it's a character actor that when you see it you're like, "Oh, of course it's this guy." And then you can expect what they're going to do and they do that. Okay. And it's it's really oh man, this one really makes it clear that Christopher Nolan is bad at exposition. He has so many exposition dumps in this fucking really? movie, but yeah. 
his counter is shooting it interestingly. So we'll pan around characters for three minutes as they lay out a plan. <laughs> yep, that and sounds it's, familiar. It's kind of shitty. It's kind of weak at times. So like, it is messy, but there are some like real highs, and it does feel like. With context in the year of 2020, it feels like a good final movie to see in the theaters. It is a huge fucking IMAX experience. Like, the opening set piece is incredible. There is something they do practically in the middle at an airport that is just, oh my fucking god, insane. And that they shot it. It's it's so fucking cool. And these are big moments that you just don't get in movies. And And I don't... I hope it changes, but I just don't see us getting in streaming movies anytime soon if it goes that way. So yeah. I think this is a perfect, good, big goodbye to movies, even if it's a little bit messy. So that's and not a strong recommendation, but like if you like Christopher Nolan and you can you can stomach a little bit of bullshit and turn your brain off, you can enjoy this one. Cool. I can do that. All right. Uh, final one of the year. This one, uh, this is gonna be one that nobody fucking watches. I'm gonna recommend Into the Ether, and it's just gonna fucking stay there. Netflix's I'm Thinking of Ending Things by Charlie Kaufman. God fucking damn. This is, this is soul, uh, to the 10th degree about existential ennui. This is a man obsessed with mortality and what to do in your life and what is meaningful versus what is not meaningful and somehow he shoots for all these grand high idea concepts with a real tight script and again nobody's gonna watch this movie because it's two and a half hours long and it's mostly two people fucking talking Mm -hmm. um there are a lot of cutaways they do some breaks and do some clever editing to change that but like we were talking, like this is kind of the year of cheaper indie movies. This is one. This does not have a ton of money, but what they do with that is really good. Um, this is kind of those, I don't know. It was like a nervous thriller where I was on the edge of my seat, like trying to figure out what's fucking happening, like deconstruct. It, like if you've seen Synecdoche, New York, or being John Malkovich, it's that. It is that whole mind puzzle of like. What is, what is, all right, so they're showing me these images and people are talking, but what are they really saying? There was a clue here, and now there's a visual clue here, and then she said this, and she broke and looked at the camera here. So what's happening? Oh, shit, they called this back, and then there's, like, a time jump, and then we edit back to this, and now all of a sudden, like, we are in this theatrical place with, like, stage makeup, and, like, it's this real weird expressionist shit but done in a way that I I think this is going to be super pretentious and very dismissive, <laughs> but I'm going to fucking do it. And I'm going to burn this bridge. Motherfuck it. I'm burning it. I think Charlie Kaufman's able to do what David Lynch has tried to do mm-hmm. and tell like an abstract story that does not give you any of the fucking numbers to paint by and lets you just fucking interpret. But I think he gives you much more than David Lynch has ever done and, like, put so much in there. Like, even if your takeaway is different from my takeaway, it's fucking valid. Because that shit's in there. There's just so much theme and weight in every fucking line. Enough so, like, I think this is a film 
people could study for years because there are so many specific references to literature and other films and other things that all paint and relate to like the scenes that are happening and like what the character is going through in that very moment. It's so fucking complex and dense, but it is a film that if you are not, I guess, trained to look for that, you're going to be fucking bored to tears by people talking. So I, again, I highly recommend it. I know full well this is one that might get completely ignored by people, but man, I I had such a blast with I, I'm thinking of ending things this year. I think it's a great fucking movie. So while I didn't watch a lot in the uh, TV and movie area, what I did do a lot of this year was I watched a shit ton of YouTube. Uh, yeah. Primarily a lot of film and game review YouTube. Uh, but I've seen that movie come up on a couple of the channels and I haven't watched those reviews because I plan mm. to watch that movie. So I guess I definitely have to now with you and your number one recommendation for the year 2020. Got to check that out. So uh, I will do that. And I don't know, man. I think I'm going to shut the hell up and we're going to get out yeah. of here in this movie episode. But uh, I guess we got one more left, right? We got games next up. Yeah, so. yeah, and and listeners, if you're tired of hearing me speak a lot, don't worry. Uh, the next episode's gonna be yours. <laughs> it's it's Kyle talking about games because I I did not get to play much in 2020, so we're gonna swap. A it'll little be reverse. It'll be a good yeah. time. But uh, until then, I am Kyle. I'm Ryan, and uh, we will catch you next time. Go love yourself in 2021. We'll check you on the next sode. <laughs>